Hey! Welcome to What's the Fig? Where two nerdy librarians, Gina and Meg, discuss everything from literature to movies, gaming, education, anime, manga, and more. All your favorite things you get geeked about, we talk about. Plus, we give you tips on all the latest free resources from the library. So let's get into the fit of it. All right, welcome to What's the Fic? This is one of your hosts, Megan and Gina. Awesome to be here. This is episode number one of our first podcast for Augusta Richmond County Public Library System. So today we are going to be talking about the one, the only, Fruits Basket, the anime and the manga. We're going to talk about a little bit of how the series compare. And we hope based off of this podcast that you can get into the series yourself. So Gina, let's get into it. All right, so we're going to be talking about one of my, like, most beloved manga and animes, Fruits Basket, um, which the manga, which, of course, spurred all these series, was by Natsuki Takaya. Um, So we're going to definitely kind of dive into that. Just to give you a quick synopsis of what the story is about. So Fruits Basket is about a young girl named Toru Honda, who underneath certain circumstances ends up living with the Soma family, but they hold a huge secret. So some of the members of the family, when hugged or touched by the opposite sex, turn into one of the 12 animals of the Chinese zodiac. So it's one of those big surprises that you see in the beginning with uh, Toru and her living among these men who at any moment can turn into one of the members of the Zodiac. And it's so great. Yes, very exciting. I remember watching this series when I was in high school. The very first series, the anime, um, it was introduced in 2001, all the way Mm -hmm. back then. But now we have a reboot that started in 2019. And so now I think a new generation has a chance to learn all about Fruits Basket and just get into anime. Like if you've never gotten into anime if you don't know what it is uh here's your chance now so uh anime manga what is all of this let's talk about it definitely so um just some little term cleanups so when we're talking about uh let's start with manga in this case um because the manga actually started in 1999. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, 1999, it's been so long Ooh. since I read it. Last century. <laughs> right. And so with this, um, when we think about manga, we're thinking about Japanese comics or graphic novels. They originated in Japan. That's where they were first produced, and that's where they were first published. Um, so that's one of your big turns. So remember right now that Manga is going to refer to comics and graphic novels, which Meg here went to school for such things. So she can kind of elaborate a little bit more on that. Yeah, a little bit about uh, manga in particular, something that stands out about it that's different than American comics or Western comics, um, is that it's read from right to left. So 
in Japan, the writing system is always writing from right to left. So that's how you're going to read manga. So if you come across it, make sure you start at the very end of the book. Now that may seem a little odd, but that is how you're going to read it. Because if you read it from front, from the left to the right, you're going to be confused. You're not going to know what's going on. So definitely make sure you read from right to left with manga. All right. Anime. All right. So anime um, or anime. So anime is when we're referring to the animations. That's literally what it's short for. It's short for those animations. What we think of a lot of times as cartoons Mm -hmm. that were specifically produced in Japan. So... Now you have anime, which is going to be the animations. And now you have your term manga, which are going to be the comics and the graphic novels. Both of them have originated in Japan or have been produced in Japan. Now, if you were in Japan and you were talking about anime or manga, then they would kind of loop everything together. It's like, oh, yes, that's the animation. Mm -hmm. That's the the comics. But here in more Western society, we have them as their own genre. So that's why we're going over, like, specifically why we want to clarify what anime and manga are. Exactly. So now you can tell your grandma, your dog, your friend that doesn't (laughs) know, and they're like, what is this? Explain it to them. Tell them you got it from Gina and Meg. All right. So now... We're talking about the series itself. How does the anime compare to the manga, the series from 2001, and the series from 2019? Well, we're going to back up and slow up there. We're going to start with the animes. Um, So, again, just like yourself, Meg, I started this series in 2001. Mm -hmm. And... It was just incredible. I love the Chinese Zodiac story. So having a whole anime that was kind of like surrounded that was amazing. Mm -hmm. So I will say you watched the 2019, right? Yes. I am behind. I haven't gotten up to date. It's okay. (laughs) But but, um, we're going to just talk about some subtle differences between those two. Mm -hmm. The start is pretty much the same. Yes. Um, the start is, of course, with Toru, her living in a tent mm-hmm. behind the Soma family house, mm-hmm. um, and Shigure, who's the dog who owns the place um, that she's living behind, and Yuki Soma, mm-hmm. who is, you know, going to be very important. He's the rat, the prince of her high school. Oh, yeah. Kind of find her with this tent, um, and then she, you know, goes with them to stay with them, and then... Due to certain events of the cat, Kyo mm-hmm. showing up, everything kind of breaks loose and she ends up falling on them and they turn into their animals. And so that kind of kickstarts both of the series. Those things are the same. Right. The 2001 version of this anime, uh, unfortunately, it stops yes. because when it was produced and when it was happening, literally, um, it was still being written. Right. The exactly. manga series was still being written, so yeah. it kind of leaves you kind of in the middle. Yeah, It was a sweet spot, though. Yeah, I think it ended on a good note. Um, I don't want to be a spoiler, but just in case you guys, you know, want to read it and watch it for yourself, we might have some spoilers mm. in this episode, so beware. But, um, yeah, the 2001 version, um, you don't get the full story, and sometimes you don't get the full introduction to each of the members of the Zodiac either yes. with this story. So. 
If you're going to watch the 2001 version, just know that you're not getting the full story. So while we want to say, yes, watch 2001 too, we want you to say, watch 2019, as well as reading the manga, because you get the full story. Yes, definitely. So um, piggybacking off of what Meg said, one of the sad things is that you don't get to meet characters like the horse, mm-hmm. <laughs> who she's awesome. Rin yes. is amazing. Um, you don't get to meet the rooster. Uh, yeah. So you're missing out on like big chunks exactly. that kind of like snowball into more of the story. Mm-hmm. So the 2019 version also has um, a bit of a drawing difference too. Mm-hmm. And maybe you want to speak to that, Meg? Yeah. So um, if you notice in the 2001 version, if you guys get a chance to watch that anime from that time period, um, you will see large heads and large eyes and slinky, slender bodies drawn. So that was just kind of the style that was very popular with anime back in the early 2000s, late 90s. Um, and I guess you kind of start to see that start to shift maybe in the mid-2000s. So the eyes got a little smaller, the heads weren't as large, the proportions of the characters were a little bit more closer to real life. Um, of course, anime and manga have exaggerated features that's always going to happen those are just characteristics of anime and manga but um the 2019 version i think you can see that the art style is a little more sleek it is Mm. smaller eyes smaller heads um but both are very beautiful to look at so Definitely. definitely watch them and I prefer the songs from 2001. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Compared to 2019. It's true. But I think those are the biggest differences. So now that um, we kind of have a little bit of what's the difference, maybe we'll go ahead and launch into the manga versus both of the animes because we can kind of pick and choose from those. Yeah. So I'm going to start with the manga. Um, first of all, the manga is... Incredible. It's amazing. It has multiple volumes that fortunately we have some here at uh, ARCPLS. Mm -hmm. So you can definitely pick up and read some. Um, The biggest thing that I noticed in the manga is I definitely felt like I was able to delve more into those characters and their backgrounds when I read about them versus watching them. Yeah. Um, there's a character that we'll talk about a little later mm-hmm. that it just, when you, I read the manga for the first time, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, that makes so much sense now. Right. And, and I, I just love that part. And also I'm just one of those people who definitely prefer to read. Mm-hmm. Like I prefer to sit down and read it and I love seeing it on screen, but mm-hmm. it's just something so wholesome, so like organic yeah. about holding the book for me. So definitely. That's one thing. Yeah. Um, for me, I, of course, as an artist growing up, I love visuals. So <laughs> the anime is always really stuck in my head. Um, now, I haven't had a chance to read the manga, but I have. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it's on my long list of reads. But, um, yeah, the, the series really gives you a lot. But I think 2019 version, um, if you're going to go for a version that gives you the full story, like we said earlier, Go for the 2019. It has three seasons that just finished up, I believe, this year. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I say go watch it. 
All right. So we're going to kind of dive into that. So one of the things we keep talking about is the Chinese Zodiac, which is the curse that's essentially affecting the Soma families. The Soma family is the central family that is in fruits baskets. And just in case you've never heard of the Chinese Zodiac origin story and different things like that. It does give you, in the manga and in the anime, they do give you kind of like a rundown of what is going on. But just for our audience out there. So the Chinese Zodiac, the story goes that God had a banquet. This is the one from the anime now. Well, let me clarify. So this is the story of the Chinese Zodiac from the anime. But God held a banquet and he told them not to be late. He invited all, the, all these different animals. And he told them not to be late. And the rat, being mischievous, goes over to his neighbor, the cat, and tells him that the banquet's going to be the day after tomorrow. Don't even worry about showing up. You got it, you know? We'll get back to that later. So all the animals get ready to go to the banquet, and they have to cross over a river to get to the banquet. Mm-hmm. And the cunning rat who has just tricked his neighbor, the cat, you know, basically is like, oh, I can't swim, gets on the back of the ox. The really kind ox goes over the river, and you would think the ox would be first, but no, the rat jumps out in front of him and claims first place. (laughs) Sneaky. Right, so sneaky. So then the ox, of course, is next. He's number two. The tiger and the rabbit are going to be three and four. The dragon is five. The snake is number six. The horse is seven. Sheep, monkey, and rooster kind of work together, and they end up being eight, nine, and ten, respectively. And the dog, who could have went ahead and went over and won the whole thing, actually just had so much fun swimming around that um, he ends up coming in number 11. And the pig stops for a snack, and he's number 12. Wow. (laughs) So that's kind of like um, the merging of, like, the common known story. The major story is that there's a great race, but the... Of course, the manga, they just take a little liberties on on that particular thing. So we're going to get into these these characters now that we kind of know why, you know, we're going over this and what they're going to change into. These are the animals. That's the roster. Right. So Yuki. (laughs) Yuki. He is God of high school. Okay. First of all, all the little girlies are screaming right now. But (laughs) Yuki, he's one of the central characters of the show and of the manga series. Um, He's kind of quiet, reserved, I think. And uh, as we said, he's the rat. Um, The rat sounds very cunning in the Chinese Zodiac, but I feel Mm. like that's almost a little bit of the opposite of how Yuki is, or at least how he's portrayed in the series. Um, But he's very smart. I just love his story. Um, You know, we talk about self-acceptance. That's like one of the central themes in this show. And I think that's something that he kind of, you see this character deal with throughout the whole series. Mm, I agree. I think when I read about Yuki in the manga, coming from the manga perspective, he definitely had that mysterious nature to him. He was, you know, of course, he he really was princely, you know, coming to help Toru and, you know, again, spoiler alerts, you know, coming to like, you know, help her get her mom's picture from the landslide, all these little things that he does. But I will say that 
you you see the blessings, but how he interprets his blessings is is really different. The rat is blessed first in the race, you know, in the banquet. And Yuki has it all. He he's so pretty, he looks like a girl. He's super smart. People like him, but he isn't able to really get close to anybody. Um, and I think you definitely get the sense of that. Um, would you say that Yuki is one of your favorite characters? Well, that's kind of hard. I've always been torn between Kyo and Yuki. <laughs> yes, Kyo! I mean, it's always those two butting heads anyways, so I don't know. But Yuki, I, I do like who he is, his personality. Um, one, of course, he's a charmer, but he doesn't even have to try too hard. Mm. Like, everybody just loves him. Um, but one thing with him, though people love him, is just, I get the sense a lot that he just doesn't love himself as much sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a, that's another thing is um, one of the biggest things that you will see in the theme of Fruits Baskets and why I feel like it stands the test of time, why it's gotten, you know, another reboot and stuff like that is because it talks about kindness, acceptance, tragedy, self-improvement and emotional intelligence or emotional understanding of oneself. And a lot of these characters, because they have that extra barrier of a curse, they're kind of like are on guard. Mm -hmm. And that kind of leads me into Toru and why Toru is so special. So Toru is, she is the protagonist. Yes. She is best girl. She's amazing. She is so kind, almost to the point of naivety. Yeah. And it is truly her strength and a bit of her weakness that she's so kind. And when she finds out about this curse, you know, her first thing is like, oh my gosh, how can I help you? Oh my goodness, what is, you know, what's going on? She serves, she's not self-serving. She serves people because she wants to see the best for them. And she accepts people where they are. And that's kind of, you know, the thing that helps people like Yuki kind of overcome those things. And why she's perfect for Kyo. Oh, gosh. Here we go. Yes, Kyo. (laughs) Kyo. My favorite, the cat. The poor cat who was dreaming of the banquet this whole time. So traditionally, even though the curse extends also to the cat, the the cat is still not included in any of the things that have to do with the primary 12. So Kyo is the representation of the cat. The cat is ostracized, treated badly. You know, it's kind of funny that they're all cursed, but they especially treat Kyo as if he's cursed. And he's the outcast, but he's so vibrant. He's so energetic. And despite all these things, he's always, like, raring to go. And him and Yuki are, like, Tom and Jerry. Yes, so much so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The way they butt heads. It's it's crazy. It, it's great. So you, you see them fighting and um, mostly arguing or what have you. And kind of like they have always had this relationship. That's what people expect of them. And Toru comes in and kind of flips that on his head. And they just kind of start to like even out. Like mm-hmm. even reading it in the manga, you see little things like, you know, Kyo doesn't yell as much. Yeah. Uh, Yuki just, you know, 
I feel like Yuki is very introverted, so he thinks about things. But even his mind processes, you know, just change. And Toru is the epitome of kindness. Mm -hmm. You know, she is that symbol like, you know, I am going to accept you. And I think that's something that everybody can relate to. I feel like the series definitely is geared towards 14 years of age yes. and up because we do talk about some sensitive topics. There is a little bit of language that is in both the manga and in the anime. But who hasn't felt tragedy or loss or wanted to be accepted? Making your own families? Yeah. You know, because Toru comes in and she just... She just fits. Right. She, she, I mean, she lost her mom in the beginning of the series, um, before the series even starts. Um, and all of a sudden now she has, well, essentially these three guys all of a sudden become her family. Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, it's great to see how in life a lot of times, despite what you go through, you can still be able to create friendships Find people who truly love you and care for you no matter what. And I feel like she nurtures these characters. So when I talk about these characters, um, I'm talking about the animals of the Zodiac. And we haven't, we told you about the main central ones, but she does run into eventually all of the characters of the Zodiac and um, even the God character as well, which we'll get to later, but... It just makes me think like she loves these people, like she does grow to love them, but she loves and accepts these people past their pain. So um, thinking on uh, a character, we're going to do some quick tragic backstories, which is... Uh... <laughs> I've already got my napkin out for my with, tears. Yes, Hattori. Okay. We're going to start with Hattori. Okay, Hattori. Do you want to tell the story of what yes. happened to Hattori? Yes, oh my gosh. Okay, so Hattori is... One of the 12 Zodiac uh, characters, and they are part of the Soma family. Um, he is a doctor, so he's kind of the one who cares for all of the members, especially um, one of the central figures who, like we said, we'll mention later on, Akito. Um, and his story starts where he has this woman who works for him, and basically they get to know each other over time, and they kind of just start to fall in love um and she finds out about his curse basically that he's the dragon he turns into the seahorse and it's hilarious because it's like this guy he's so charming so good looking and he turns into this small baby precious little seahorse and you're like what in okay i thought maybe he'd be like the tiger or somebody i don't know but yes he turns into the seahorse and just kind of like total uh the woman that he's fallen in love with basically just accepts him for who he is. She's not scared that a human man just turned into this seahorse right in front of her. She has the same reaction as Toru. She's just like, can I help you? What can I do? Let me find some water, first of all, because you're about to die. If, if I don't help you get some water, you're a seahorse. Um, so, yeah, um, unfortunately, some tragedy does happen. Uh, the curse, others who are outside of the family aren't really supposed to know about the curse. So when the head of the Soma family finds out, they decide this cannot happen. And in a fit of rage, they come over to Hattori's house, I believe, his office, and basically, you know, just rages out 
and accidentally slashes him in the eye. He goes blind. Um, and because of this, the central head of the family, Akito, starts blaming the woman. Like, this is your fault. If you if you never came into the life of my family, this would have never happened. He would have never gotten hurt. And she just feels so guilty. Like, she was the one who slashed him in the eye. And it leads her to depression. Um, and at that point, you know, Tori, they have her memory basically erased so that she can forget the pain that she feels she caused uh, to him. So at that point, he kind of has to let her go. And it's kind of sad because you're like, these two belong with each other. Yeah. Why? She totally was accepting of who he is. Yeah. Uh, Hattori's story definitely, oh, other tears. Uh, I, yeah. I feel it. Um, Kana is the girl that he falls in love with. And one of the things that you see in the manga that kind of like rips your heart out is, how she internalized what happens to Hattori when they're there. Because um, they want to get married. That's that's literally what made Akito like, yeah, so upset. That's what made them so upset. It's like, you're going to get married. And then that incident happens. I forgot which eye it is. but And she internalizes that because she cares about him so much. And his special power that really doesn't show that other members have such a special power so the dragon is really unique in that he can erase memories yeah. and he erases the memory of the woman he loves and like when you see them again in like the anime like and, and in the and in the, in the manga, manga yeah. like she's getting married and he's like so chill you know that is like that was like the love of his life and he's just like i'm just glad that she can smile again and it's just like oh gosh and there are other stories like that, too. Um, I'm going to do Momiji and Kisa real quick. Um, Momiji's story is that he's the rat. And remember that we said that the opposite sex is what triggers their change. So Momiji's a boy. Um, and he's this little half-German, half-Japanese boy. His mom is the one who's German. Um, his dad and his mom met at school, and they you know, got married, fell in love, you know, stuff like that. And she has Momiji. And when she tries to hold her child, he turns into the rabbit. And uh, she's devastated. They say that mothers in Fruits Basket either take one or two approaches. Either they are overprotective and, like, super, like, loving, or they completely reject their child. And that's what happens to Momiji. Um, and it's she basically says that she wish she would have never given birth to him and everything. And so his dad is like, again, this is where Hattori comes in. That's why we did it first is because, you know, Momiji's dad is like, I'll love you enough for mom and dad um, if we can help mom get better. And so little Momiji is just like, okay. And they erase the memory of his mom and his mom doesn't remember him. At all, and yet he is one of the most emotionally intelligent characters. He really can kind of see where people are hurting, and it's just because, like, you know, such loss has happened to him. He literally watches his mom, and now he has also a little sister. He watches them, and yeah, she just thinks the mom just thinks that Momiji is just a, a company child, yeah. Uh, and um. The last one is Kisa. 
So Kisa is the tiger, and I wanted to bring this up because I feel like this is important. Um, Kisa is the tiger, and because of the curse, you know, of course they have many blessings. They're a good-looking family. They're a great-looking family. Um, but sometimes they have the abnormalities. So Kyo has orange hair. Uh, Yuki has gray hair, grayish hair, um, and other little features like that. But little Kisa um, shows the reflections of the tiger. And her classmates see that, and they ask her about it. And then she kind of stands up for herself, and she's just like, I can't help that, you know, because, of course, you can't help what you look like. And eventually they kind of like ignore her. And then every time she tries to speak, they laugh. And they do it so much that she stops talking. So when Kisa meets Toru, the first thing she does is like she's in tiger form. She bites her, (laughs) you know, and Toru's like, it doesn't hurt at all. I'm fine. (laughs) It's just like, no, I'm pretty sure a a baby tiger biting you would hurt. Yes. And And she just loves on her until... She comes around and, you know, Yuki, what I love is at this point, because of Toru, everybody kind of like huddles around each other. I feel like they start to form better family bonds. It, at least in the manga, I feel like I see that very well. Do you feel like they do that very well? I in think anime? so too, yeah, because they definitely show a little bit of backstory on each of the characters, especially in the 2019 version. So you definitely see those bonds starting to form throughout the yeah. series. So Kisa eventually decides, like, you know, after, you know, she realizes, I have family. I have people who love me and care about me. And even though it's hard, I'm going to stick up for myself. And I'm going to use my voice and still talk. And it's just the sweetest thing ever. Like, all these characters are adorable. You know, of course, they have adults in there. But, like, especially the younger characters, like, Momiji and Kisa are so adorable. And you hear these stories, and you just want to love on them and snuggle them. And Toru comes in and loves on them in every way. And I think what makes her so unique is that she's she doesn't try to save anybody. You know, like, I think sometimes we have characters that come in and, like, I'm the good one. Yes. I'm going to save you from yeah. these horrible things. She just accepts them. And that helps them work through their own problems. And that's why I say self-improvement is one of the things that you see in there is because, you know, they decide on their own. Like, you know what? One person cared about me and showed me that I can be accepted and loved. And there, I'm going to go forward and I'm going to go forth and conquer. It's just enough to get them across that line. Mm -hmm. And I think in return, Toru gets... A part of the family she's always wanted that she that she wanted and that's what she needs and there's a whole host of other amazing characters with amazing stories but just that whole that you know a little kindness goes a long way we should accept people because a lot of times they can't help who they are um (laughs) you shouldn't make judgment on people until you get to know them and even when you know them you should still Make sure that you're seeing things from their, you know, understanding their perspective, trying to understand them. And I think that this is the perfect anime and manga to do that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, all of those emotions you can find right here in this series. So I think there's something for everyone in the series. You know, if you've ever had to deal with tragedy you know, self-acceptance, uh, you know, just improving upon yourself. This series is for you. So 
look out for it. I mean, it's it's definitely here at our library, Augusta Richmond County Public Library. We have the whole series, so you can definitely check it out if you have a Pines card. Mm, And, of course, if you want to watch the anime, it is available online through streaming applications. Um, One, you can watch it through Crunchyroll. And just to let you guys know what Crunchyroll is, just in case you're like, huh? uh, Crunchy, huh? Okay. So Crunchyroll. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Crunchyroll is basically a streaming app that is just like Netflix, but you will find straight anime on there. So if you're looking to get into anime, that is where you want to go to watch. Um, Also, isn't it available on some other sites? Funimation? So, yes. So Funimation. uh, Funimation is very similar to Crunchyroll. Funimation.com. It has um, a whole host of different anime that's being produced and pushed out right now. If you are just like... I want to see it all. I want to, you know, have it all. Then you can read the books here. Mm -hmm. You can go to Funimation has the 2001 and the 2019. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, it has both. So I I highly recommend that, you know, you read it and then you watch it. (laughs) Yes, that's the order everything should go in. (laughs) Definitely. Yes, but I hope that you all enjoyed our talk about Fruits Basket today. Hopefully that gets you or your friend, your grandmother into anime or manga. We have plenty of it here at the library. Uh, Tune in. We're going to be having more episodes coming up next month in September. We're going to be talking about gaming. Who doesn't love gaming? Okay, everything that you need to know about gaming, not only in the library system, but outside in your own personal lives, we're talking about it. So definitely tune in next month. We're going to be having episodes every second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 2 p.m. So make sure that you tune in. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. You can find us even on YouTube. Make sure you follow the library online. If you're looking for us on Facebook, we're at ARCPLS. And if you're looking for us on Twitter or Instagram, we are at Augusta, G-A-L-I-B. You heard it here first. This has been Meg and Gina. We hope you guys have a great day. Thank you for listening and tune in next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.